This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, from down under, Jared Morgan. G'day. How's it going? Uh, just peachy. Um, I was mentioning to you right <laughs> <laughs> mentioning to you right before this uh, started that uh, I was watching, if you could call it watching, the Laker game on my Twitter feed. Um, this is Kobe's second to last game. And it's the only way that I get to watch the Lakers for the most part because I happen to be on Dish Network, the only uh, provider in Southern California that does not carry any of the Laker games. <laughs> right. But that's okay. They're so horrible, it's not like I'm missing much anyway. And the fortunately, right. his, yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately his final game is on uh, being carried on ESPN, so I'll be able to actually watch that. Um, cool. I'm, I'm more interested in the fact of watching somebody that's been on the same team for 20 years who's been so, like, anti-fun, you might say. I mean, Kobe doesn't he, – he doesn't fall into the whole parade mentality, except for this year he happened to finally embrace it. And so it'll be interesting to see if he actually shows emotion uh, <laughs> in the final game or if he just goes off. Or I'm very curious to see if the other team just kind of lets him have his way. Or I don't know. It's one of those curiosities for me. Um to cap off what has been an absolutely miserable, miserable season. Mm. I don't really do sports ball that much. <clears throat> well, and especially I'm sure you don't really do American sports. So, no, <laughs> no I'm not hoping to have a conversation with you about this. We do see it on the screens here at Labros because we've got feeds from all the pay TV networks here. And we see it. We actually have been watching a lot of baseball um, on the screens here at the moment. America's favorite pastime, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> until you talk about the NFL and NBA, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we've been seeing a fair bit of that lately. And there's some big fans of it here in Australia. Like, there's a couple of guys in the office that are rabid about it. So, it's well, interesting. Well, I would imagine, in terms of uh, you know, online gambling for sports, baseball's kind of a bread and butter. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's usually a lot of what they call markets for it mm-hmm. um, and uh, a lot of different options you can bet on yeah. for it. It's very popular. So, it's a well known sport, and therefore, the markets and and information about it is really good um, from a, um, a bookmaker's perspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I've uh, I've been having a not fun week. Uh, not fun week. Yeah, not fun week. Um, so I think I mentioned the last time I'd gotten the bad news about my car. Mm. <clears throat> We're in the. This was when it was. This is not when it was actually like when you had an accident with it. No, this is uh, the oil pressure completely going. Oh, yeah, that's not a good thing. No. So took it to the mechanic and $1,100 later, uh, you need a new engine. So I mean, well, I really spit my coffee out. Right. Um, that's a bit uh, <clears throat> crap. <laughs> on an 11-year vehicle that's got 107,000 miles on it. Yeah, I don't think I'm necessarily going to be... Uh, Throwing a new engine in that no. one. No. So I uh, 
I decided, okay, what the heck? Let's try throwing it up on you know Craigslist, and uh, maybe I can. Not, I'm not going to make a profit off of this, but at least I can maybe get enough to pay the uh, you know the bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If I get one and a half for it, that's right, 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 and I and I asked them because typically, like scrap prices, you know, they'll give you five hundred bucks, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I even asked the mechanic, and he was just kind of like, he goes, "Just scrapyard, you go. Everything else is gonna be too much of a hassle. You're not gonna get any money for it." And blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like, "But it's an 05 Cooper S, and apparently they're big among the racing community uh, yeah. and the modders." So, like I said, I was like in a fit of frustration. I was like, right, "Let's just throw something up on the." on the web, see what happens yep. within 12 hours. I'd gotten eight people that wanted to see it. I'd already gotten a couple of offers thrown at me like wow. sight unseen, you know, kind of low ball. And so I was like all jazz. I was like, okay, sweet. I'll be able to dump this really fast. Like have everybody come down to the mechanic tomorrow. They can take a look and buy it and I can just take the cash and hand it right over to him, you know? And I listed yep. it for 2,500. Oh yeah. Wow. For Cooper S that's, that like doesn't for work the shell, for the shell <laughs> yeah. of the Cooper S. Like there are people out there who go, whatever, I'll drop a rotary into it and I'll start racing. Right. It, you know? So yeah. that night on Friday night, I was all, okay, let me, let me get my paperwork, make sure that I'm cool with understanding how to actually transfer title and all that. Mm. And I kept on coming across this one little teensy rule in California, California. Uh, we've got some pretty heavy smog regulations. Basically, oh. we're the heaviest in the country, and because we sell so many darn cars here, though, uh, the auto manufacturing industry tends to make all their cars compliant with California, and therefore, it's beautiful all the way across the country. Everyone else is good as. Yeah. Right. Um, well, it turns out that when you're selling a vehicle, you actually have to have it smogged before uh, being able to transfer title. Basically, it's a lemon law. It's so the person doesn't get hosed, right? Your car at the moment has very, very good smog emission levels. <laughs> because it doesn't run at doesn't all. It doesn't run at all. So it is compliant. <laughs> yeah. So, so therein lies the problem. It's like, well, I can't get it smogged, so I can't sell it. And so I was looking and it was like, well, what if I get somebody to sign and, you know, I understand that the motor doesn't work. I need to replace it and, you know, wave you of your rights of, of having to do that. Nope. Doesn't matter. I am uh. responsible for it. So all the sales, the, you know, people that I was hoping to meet up on Saturday and, and sell this thing had to cancel it all. And now I'm going to have to go to the, uh, the DMV on Monday and declare my car non-operational. Non-operational. non-operational by doing that then i can sell the vehicle as non-operational and it's up okay. to that person to then uh bring it up to smog regulations exactly exactly so you know proper rotary you know yeah so uh, the thing is though i've i've by now by today i've had probably 15 16 inquiries about it. Wow. Um, I've had a couple of people that are like sight unseen trying to offer me money for it, but you know, they're all around between a thousand and 1500. And, mm. uh, so I'm sitting there going, I'm like, maybe I asked too little. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should put five on it and then go down to two and a half. Well, yeah. I already posted though. That's the problem. 
You can take it down. Eh, no, but that's, I've got all these people, so I'm just like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hose my karma here, or whatever. What I'm, yeah. what I am hoping for is that maybe multiple people show up at the same time, and they can get into a little yeah. bidding work. I've, I've heard this happening with pinball machines on Craigslist. Like people mm-hmm. go along, and there's like the dude who's selling it uh, is just like, oh yeah, well, you know. <laughs> just get some popcorn and just wait for the final value to come forward. You know, it's interesting. When I bought my uh, machine, the because I, I yeah, um, mm. again, I looked up on Craigslist. I see this thing; it's five hundred bucks. I'm like, you know, no ways is still available. Well, let's call. Yeah, and I called. Turns out he just put it up that day. He'd gotten already thirteen calls about it. Oh, um, he had, and he had somebody that was going to be showing up at 6 p.m. to to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so he basically told me, he goes, hey, if you can get it here before then, it's yours. It's yours. And he goes, but I'm not, you know, that's the price. Mm. So, 500, so. Right. Yeah. So I boogied on down there and I was looking at it and that's when I, you know, I was like, hey, can I take off the, uh, um, take the off the, the, gl- the, no, the, the glass itself. And he was like, nope. <laughs> Uh, he was like you what you see that's it you know he let me turn it on let me play a few games um but yeah wasn't wasn't gonna let me inspect it because as far as he was concerned i've already got somebody that's gonna buy this thing so i don't need to cater for anybody but i've got a number of people who want this so yeah yeah and it was was one of those things too where where it was like after i got out into the sunlight that's when i saw all the problems with the play field and you know yeah when i got at home and was you know cracked open the back glass that's when you uh, you know notice. Oh, I've got the wrong soundboard. Um, so, but it is one of those things where too, it's like, yeah. On one hand, you you would think you would have a position to stand on and say, yeah, I'll give you three hundred for it, you know. Um, but on the other hand, but it's you, like, you wouldn't. No. no. <laughs> We're going. No, thank you. Next. Next. Next person yep. wanting to pay me five hundred. Thank you. Yeah. And that's kind of what my opinion is with the car. It's like, hey, you know, first one to pony up to twenty five hundred wins but wins. if there happens to be multiple people there um but somebody i'm kind of frustrated about this actually went to the mechanic where my car is to check it out and and they texted oh. me and they were like hey i'm still interested and i'm like was the mechanic cool with you showing up because <laughs> i don't think yeah, they would uh, be and he was like well no i only was able to look at it from the outside I'm like okay so now I'm, I'm curious when i go in on monday um if if I'm going to get any flack from the mechanic, uh, you know, because yeah. I'm I, I realize I probably it's probably bad form to try and sell it while it's still on his lot. I'm probably going to have to take it, have it towed home, and then sell it here at home. Probably, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I gotta I gotta work that out with him. You might have to buy him a case of beer. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Here's a case of Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Have a nice day. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm going to be doing that with you know what I owe him. Yeah, it's actually you know he, he kind of got the later cost on me. <laughs> he's one and a half grand. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine with it. Sure. <laughs> um, so I was flitting through Twitter. I retweeted it. Uh, there was an interesting thing that kind of popped up with, uh, it's basically referring to Zen and their virtual. Uh, pinball with the Oculus Rift. And it was an article entitled uh, Can Pinball Ever Trust VR Again? And I went, oh, that's kind of interesting. But I was like, when did VR ever 
was an issue for pinball. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was like, are we going back to like, you know, virtual boy days? Was there a pinball machine with that little Nintendo thing that everybody was like, oh, it's horrible. I don't it know. Actually, it was. There actually was a pinball. Was there a pinball on it? Yes, there was. It was pretty <laughs> terrible, apparently. Um, as an aside, and this won't take long, um, you know, Nick Baldridge, who does the EM and Bingo Pinball podcast. Yes. He, he announced in one of his like now far less frequent episodes that he does because he's hit 365. Um, He's actually doing a short run podcast on Virtual Boy Games. He said it's a fifteen episode podcast, yeah, because there's fifteen games. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's going to be analyzing each one in depth, um, and it's it's one of those things that retro gaming is is big yeah. again. I actually follow Andrew Driver, who for those who don't know is How on Pinball Arcade forums, and uh, he's well and truly into. Um, uh, retro gaming, and I see some pretty cool stuff coming through his feed. So, anyhow, back to the story. Yeah, so I I, I read through the article, kind of going, I, I don't know that that this has ever been an an issue with with, mm. and uh, what they wound up pinning all of this on is Pinball Two Thousand, saying that that was VR, for which, yeah, uh, no, That's wrong, no, <laughs> completely different. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, not VR. Um, but what was interesting was what they started saying was was here you had the golden age of pinball with Adam's family starting it. And they said that was actually kind of the death nail for Bally and Williams. And their argument was was because there were so many Adam's families out there that none of the operators really cared to replace it with anything new because they were earning tons of money on Adam's family. And so that became the decline of sales for new tables. <clears throat> and then they also yeah. said, because at that, at that time they said when Adam's family was released, there was nine pinball companies or, mm -hmm. you know, producing machines. And so you had just a ton of machines out there. Um, these things were being built like tanks by this point. And Bally and Williams had all the designers essentially. So they were hoarding them all. And so that started kind of what was, you know, knocking down the other manufacturers, but, uh, but yeah, became this, this thing of Williams being their own worst nightmare. Um, and then they mentioned about how, uh, I believe it was Papa Dick that came in with the, uh, this virtual pinball basically the, or the hollow pin thing is what it was called. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, presented it and Williams was like, boom, yes, love it. That's what we're going whole hog on. Yep. So the history of it, I kind of find interesting that, it, it, you know, it's like, well, wait, was that actually true or not? But <clears throat> then what they pointed out with the Pinball 2000 was, you know what? They did a remarkable job for, for a company that was, you know, used to just doing dot matrix um, to all of a sudden do these animated, you know, holograms. You know, they did a really strong job on the look of it, but yeah. what they failed to realize was, and this is what completely makes sense to me. Um, when you're playing a pinball machine, where's all the fun stuff? Where's all the ramps? Where's all the toys? Typically at the back of the machine. The the back. Right. Yeah. And what happened with pinball 2000? Hey, let's put it all in the dark. So you can't see any of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, you, yes. <clears throat> in most cases. Yeah. It was pretty dark up the back there. And of course that's where all the, uh, in most cases, there was some sort of jump ramp and 
stuff up there. And there was a lot of, all the guts was at the back. It was basically like each play field that they had was like Attack from Mars um, in its um, layout and the fact that everything was at the back of the play field, yeah. all the cool stuff. Except they, yeah, they just projected a hologram, well, Pepper's ghost actually over it um, effect. And yeah, they had to be black to, to do it. And it, it, it was fun. I just actually liked both of those machines quite a bit. Um, I never uh, liked uh, episode one. I've mm, since played. It had Jar Jar Binks in it. No, <laughs> no one likes that. That wasn't the reason. It's it's so simplistic. It's just <laughs> shoot this target, shoot this target, shoot this target, shoot this target. Mm. No, can something good happen, please? And and there's mm. with that one specifically, it was I I really felt that. Well, I'm not seeing any with anywhere where the ball's traveling. You know, yeah. just go behind this curtain of hologram and. That's the end of it. So it it kind of killed my interest in it. <clears throat> and with Revenge from Mars, I thought that was the case with me. But since then, I've played it at League a couple of times. And I do realize that, hey, it's, it's a pretty good table. And it's very similar to Attack from Mars, truthfully, in shots. So, it is. you know, uh, I learned to embrace actually watching the screen and seeing what was going on the screen and getting the humor out of that. Um it goes against what Gary Stern likes to say about pinball. The action is on the play field. Well, in this case, the action is kind of suspended above the play yeah. field because that's what the focus was. It's funny that um, in the article, um, the, um, the article states that players and owners didn't seem to take to Pinball 2000. Adding insult to injury, its sales were being clin- uh, clinched by Sega South Park, yeah. a conventional pinball machine which made non-stop fart noises. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a... It just reminds me of Idiocracy. Fart. Ass. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're here now. It's in 1999. Yeah. I was going to say, we're in Idiocracy right now, if you've followed any of yeah, our politics. Right um, <laughs> we will be watering plants with Gatorade in no time soon. Um, yeah, the... It was kind of interesting. I didn't realize that that South Park had come out that exact same time as the Pinball 2000 tables. Um, But you look at South Park and say what you will about the gameplay, because I think the gameplay is horrible. But it looks cool. Mm. I mean, it just it just looks cool. Mm. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just reading through the article more about. um, It's a strange article. It's saying. uh, about the entrance to of the other players into pinball with the resurgence that's happening, like Jersey Jack, Spooky. Yeah. The article is quite surprised that these people are actually, uh, or these companies are actually entering the the pinball arena. They can't understand why they're doing it. Um, and I think maybe it actually says it later on in the article, but it's it's about the fact that, you know, we are cycling back into um, the phase where those people like me who had a misspent youth and spent it a mm-hmm. lot in the arcades um, are coming back in and going, you know what? I've got more money now. Right. Well, theoretically. <laughs> and, um, I've got room in my house that I can put one of these in and um, I want to own one and I want to own one that's modern. Um, so, I mean. Well, that's the, the customer base, but I think in terms mm. of these companies, you're also dealing with the exact same age bracket. 
It was, hey, yeah. I had a ton of fun playing these when I was in college. Then I went and had, you know, tried to, you know, have a career or whatever. And now it's like, well, I want to have a ton of fun again, but I want to create now. I want to build this yeah. for myself. I want to be the people. Exactly. I want to be the guy that's making these. Exactly. Yeah. I'm bummed exactly. that this opportunity was never there as I was growing up, you know, to be mentored by any of these people. So screw it. We're going to start our own company and, and, and figure this out. We're going to do it. We're going to make a pinball because how hard could it be? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fate, that should be printed on a t-shirt and put on all the backs of all these, um, what they affectionately call boutique pinball manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Pinball making pinballs easy. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Another thing that I saw on Twitter that was I, I wound up retweeting. So Japan has famously been known as the you know dead zone for pinball. There's nothing pinball there. Well, apparently That's right. they've got an arcade that opened up, hundred machines, most of the, the new Sterns, plus a lot of you know some classic tables or whatever. But anyway, they opened yeah. up and it's gathering a large following. There's you know a lot yeah. of people coming in and, and taking an interest to it and going, oh, okay. You know, I think some people, are, yeah, some people <clears throat> have never, in Japan, have never played pinball yeah. before. And this is their first exposure to it. Like kids who've never seen a pinball machine before going into this going, wow, look at this. Right. That's pretty awesome right. to actually have that effect on somebody, right? Right. And, and it makes me wonder, because, I mean, most of the arcades now in Japan are, have become redemption arcades if i'm not mistaken right i believe that's the case or yes a lot of yes a lot of redemption so it might be a case of of some you know separating yourself from the the fray basically yeah and and having something unique uh but it's still an arcade which is still a huge thing in japan but Mm. i think it's one of those things that you're right it is quite unique and the thing is that if you wanted to make it redemption, you could. You could actually attach ticket um, uh, vending things to it or electronic. Well, Super Mario World it. did that, right? Yeah, Super Mario World was the first dedicated pinball redemption um, uh, machine um, by Gottlieb. And boy, did but, that take know, off. All the other ones. <laughs> well, it was a weird game. Little table. Um, it's basically a size of a safe cracker, but smaller, actually. Yeah, short legs. Um, mm, it was made for kids. Yeah. It was a real, for someone like me, who, of course, had to play it, um, it was quite hard. <laughs> you always had to lean down and, like, kneel on your knees to play it. It was very strange. Um, but all of the new games now, even, um, I think Jersey Jack have actually made a, a separate module in their pinball machines called Pindemption which is geared towards those sites who actually just want to run it as a, a redemption machine. It actually changes the gameplay for time huh. and, and changes the way the game plays just so it actually is redemption focused. And all of the modern Sterns have ticket interfaces um, in their, um, their games. In fact, pretty much every Stern machine that was from Sam onwards had a ticket interface that you could buy and it just plugged in th- through a serial port on the board, I think. So you could you could plug any ticket interface in. I wonder if there's any arcades out there that are doing it. You know, if it... well, I know that um, <clears throat> the time zone down in Surface Paradise. What they do is when they get new pinballs in, they they run them in the like the the showcase area for the pinballs, and then after they've had you know six months or something like that, they move them into redemption area. Okay. And because they're a swiper based um, arcade, right? Rather than actually. If, 
attaching a physical ticket like vending system to oh it just adds it to your account yeah so it basically has an interface so they they plug in all of their systems are actually they have a little interface board that goes inside the game and the little swipe on the front and it all just like they just plug the interface into it and it just it ticks up the amount of tickets and adds it to your card balance mm. so it's it's trivially easy if you have something like that to turn a pinball machine into a redemption machine. Um, and, you know, you can actually have people play them normally. Uh, like, you know, I will, would walk up to a game and play maybe a longer game, but you would get a cap of X tickets for maybe getting a replay or getting an extra ball or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to do. It'd be basically kind of, I wonder if it's kind of like... A... You know, Stern has the button on top that you can just push for tournament mode. Uh, you know, de- mm. depending on what you want to play, if it, if it would be that, where it's, do you want to play regular or do you want to play redemption mode? No, well, it's not even that. It's just they, every time you play, like as you achieve things, um, tickets would spew out of the machine if you had a physical machine on it. Um, so if you, it might be score focused or it could be, um, it's just like playing a regular game of pinball it, with the modern Sterns. It's um, playing a regular game of pinball, but you get tickets coming out as well. Well, I sure um, like that a lot better than playing skee-ball. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Put a, like, imagine just getting a whole stack of like older machines and just rigging them all up with tickets on yeah. and, and going to town. Now, this would be a very interesting thing to do um, if you were to set up an arcade uh, in the current sort of climate here, um, because what a lot of operators, certainly in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same over in America as well, they're finding that when you're setting up an arcade, you really need to have it as mixed business. So you need to have arcade machines and something else, like a bar or a pizza shop or something. So you will never be able to survive uh, as an arcade alone, uh, unless you have some sort of ancillary service going along with it. So, um, one of the arcade, well, it's not really arcade, it's a location, let's call it. Um, they've done something very clever and they've, uh, it's a bar called Death Valley Records and Tapes. Um, so it's a bar. Well, this is where Death I thought it was where you said Death Valley Tapas. I was like, ooh, yeah. yummy. Oh, yeah, Death Valley. <laughs> And I got yeah, picked up on that. So yeah, <laughs> Death Valley. So they got a local supplier that puts four machines in there. And um, what they do is they use, they, they have it like a, a, a concrete pad out the back and food trucks just pull up outside. Now, what that does is that allows them to serve liquor okay. because they've got food served as well. Mm-hmm. But the, it's a really interesting idea because you could set up an arcade but have like out the back space for two food vans. Because in Brisbane here, which is I'm sure it's the case in a lot of American cities, the food van sort of scene is pretty big. You're huge. So, so you could offer your your uh, you could either offer a regular tenancy to a, a food truck that is always there. Okay. Um, or you could say on a rotating basis, you have a different food truck there and you promote it and you like do deals. So you come in and while they're waiting for their food, they play pinball. There's a real opportunity there, I think, um, for you to set up a business really easily, not have to worry about catering or setting up a kitchen or anything right. like that. 
and just have a space, put the arcade machines in there, and then just cross-promote. I think if you did that, you'd be on to a win. I would love to do something like that here. Um, just set up something like spend a, spend a hundred grand, fit out a shop, um, get some modern sterns, a few classics, and then just promote it as a, a food van destination. I thought it's I saw pinball. somebody had a pinball truck. A pinball truck? Yes, a That's pinball truck cool. that they would park right and buy all the food trucks. Um, <laughs> so bring the pinball to the trucks. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm, I could swear I saw this. Um, and I don't know if this was just a promotional thing that Sturm was doing. It. I'm not sure if it was even related to them. But I think they had like six machines that they were able to you know, squeeze into this thing. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I think they set two of them up down on the ground and then the other four were up on the truck itself or whatever. But yeah, yeah it was bringing, bringing pinball to the people. I was like, Ooh, pinball truck. That's cool. <laughs> oh no. Jared's looking oh, it up. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> Cause this is, this would be relevant to my interest. It would cost a bomb to set something like that up. Um, <laughs> but what a great idea. Um, no hits for that as such, but I'm sure that if you saw it, it's real. So I believe you. I, I don't um, think I dreamed it. If I did, patent. <laughs> yeah, if I did, I'm totally owning that. <laughs> I would too. That's a great idea. Love that idea. So yeah, basically drive it up, level it up, and have all the pinball machines just leveled. Although it'd be real, it'd be interesting to try and transport them on the legs in a truck and not have them topple over and. And all that you have to. Well, like, if you had the um, the lifts that they put underneath the machines that lift them up the yeah. ground to make them easily movable, if yeah. you did that, because that's supporting mostly under the center, and then you know blocked them in that way, I think that would protect them a lot better. Yeah, it's true. You could actually then sort of put them <laughs> up on the on the blocks. So I actually have like a little elevator under each one of them. Yeah, you just hang crank up. Right, about to leave, lift them up, fold the top box down, and off you go. Yeah, that'd be pretty easy to do. And, um, yeah, imagine you take it to festivals and you just roll up right. up, and you take it to like, yeah, that'd be awesome, right? And then yeah. you charge the kind of prices the food trucks charge, you know, three bucks a game or something. $2 a game. Well, $2 a game here in Australia is yeah. pretty regular. Wow. But, yeah, you would. You'd, you'd do $2 a game and you'd um, put in like uh, the, pay, the pay range system, which is all Bluetooth enabled, and you just like, have it all cashless. It's all swipe your phone by it. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing now. Like pay range is a is a service that um, uh, the guys at, at the Coinbox Pinball Podcast are, are doing with their routed games. Hmm. So they put a little module inside the um, the the game and they just sync it up to one of the um, pulse lines on the CoinMech. Yeah. Um, so uh, Boy, yeah, they just oh yeah because. You don't need cash, and they can run promotions. They can like set the games up for like tournaments without even going there. Well, I mean, just like, think about play. when you sit there and play uh-huh. pinball arcade. It's so mm-hmm. easy to just hit the restart button, or just you know, you just because you're not thinking about how many coins that you're you're shoving in, yeah. as opposed to when you have a pocket full of them and you feel your pocket getting significantly lighter, right? That's so that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're just doing, you know, pushing the start button, just swiping off my phone. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah, you're gonna forget about that. I would. <laughs> That would be something I'd do. Like, I wouldn't pay for a swipe card system. I'd just get a whole, like, pile of pay range systems. Yeah. And just chuck them into the games. And then, no matter where the game went, it would be part of the, the, the Morgan's pinball empire. <laughs> and, uh, and it would just be, like, 
I could actually put up a website and say, look, our, my pinballs are here, here, yeah. here. If you go to this site, use pay range, right. um, you get you know, two games for the price of one for your first swipe or whatever. And like you said, then like, you're able to go where the action is. If there's a special event happening or if there's a, you know, hmm. a certain weekend where, you know, some event is happening outdoors or whatever. Yeah. You pull up, here we go. You know, instead you of making everybody come to you drive around, you could drive around to all of the markets and actually have pinball at the markets. Right. And it would, it would cost a lot to do the truck up. But if you were able to like get a standard size sort of, um, so like removal van size, like a Pantech yeah. truck, um, and then just like ruggedize it and have enough pinballs in there to like you know do it. So basically, have one row of pinballs and then enough room for people to walk, and just have have the side open basically, right. and have it where people could just walk up to whichever one and then walk out easily. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty wicked. Spend five hundred. <laughs> I wonder how much it'd cost to fit a truck out like that. Like probably two hundred thousand to get it really good. Somebody make it happen um, and then let us know how much. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then we'll we'll honestly steal your idea in all the other cities <laughs> that we live in. <laughs> and, and make pinball available to everybody at all yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Blockade on the road. Uh, you can see it now. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool to do. Like, imagine that would be great. And then, you know, as pinball, like if pinball waned again, you could just put arcade machines in it and just turn right. it around. Yeah. Well, they already oh, do that yeah. for birthday parties. You know, basically they've got you know, PlayStations and Xboxes loaded up with a whole bunch of screens and all LAN connection and then just big old frag fest for your 10-year-old. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's definitely yeah, a thing. We'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do that. <laughs> Hey, so uh, we've got another table of the week to announce. Ooh, okay. So we're what down to three. I'm saving the last two because I hate the last two. So we're going to go oh, for Junkyard huh. this week. <laughs> junkyard. We'll be playing mm, Junkyard. Okay. Which, you know, this kind of was a good summation of all of our pinball that we played so far, seeing as how it's uh, an amalgamation of so many different tables and sound packages. It is. There's a lot of uh, yeah, shout outs to a lot of different tables in that. Yeah, so that's yeah. uh so yeah, we're gonna play junkyard this week and that's gonna pretty much leave uh class of eighteen twelve and black knight for the final two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine why yeah. I didn't pick that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate that game so um, much. So I much. do wanna remind people if you would like to host your own uh month of tables and host your own tournament of tables. Now is the time to get a hold of me uh, and get serious about it because after this tournament that we run at the end of April, I am completely open to just turning it over to somebody else for a month and letting them have their fun. Um, like I said, it's one of these deals where you can, it's whatever you want to do with it. Do you want to do pin golf? Do you want to do a different kind of tournament altogether? Do you want to, you know, however many tables you want to feature? I don't care. It's completely up to you. And, mm. you know, we'll just promote it weekly, um, make sure that there's an audience for it, and hopefully all the people that have been playing our Tournament of the Month this entire time would be willing to jump in and do it, too. Um, I was going to roll right into me doing Zen Tables of the Month, um, mm. but I just kind of want to break. <laughs> I feel like having a month after off. Doing, 
after doing the amount of tables you've done, yeah, yeah, you probably wouldn't want a break. Yeah, I just want but a month it's off. Like, it's about a year of tables now, isn't it? I we've it's done. Yeah. I think it's for, I think so fifty eight tables over a year's worth. It's like that's a lot. Yeah. Of of tables, that's a, a long term commitment. Uh, you know, I'm happy I stuck with it. Um, yeah, I, I think fun. it's been a very good thing for for the Fimble Arcade fans forum, uh, the community yes. that's on there. Um, I've certainly uh, gotten to know a few more people much better and know who's able to play how. And you know, and it's it's been nice to see even the players that aren't that fantastic at playing having a really good time and looking forward to the tournament on a monthly basis. So that's right. That's that's what I stuck out for. It's it's for those individuals that were just playing having fun and, and would miss it were it gone. Mm. So oh, geez, I wish I wish <clears throat> Farsight would rewrite their tournament engine and just make it so you could set your own. Yeah. It would be it would reinvigorate the game if they did. Um, because then everyone with their friends, either on whatever platform they're on, Steam, PSN, uh, Android with Google Play Games, like they could create their own leagues yeah. and actually use it as a league system. Mm-hmm. It would be so good. Like There's so many different like tournament software out there at the moment, which I'm sure would have probably uh, API access to them that they could either plug into or partner with you know and just plug it in and let them do their own bespoke leagues like really well even if you think about uh, you know like what world of warcraft or everquest did where you had guilds yes <clears throat> and there's so many ways that you could set up the game to allow for that kind of thing and those communities become a life of their own um mm. and and that's the opportunity that's it's a bummer to see opportunities just to lie there on the floor that were so easy to scoop up that there's already models of it out there that you can copy and, and, you know, just be like, Oh, we're going to be like that. And you know, there you go. Yep. Um, but unfortunately yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Zen kind of paves the way on a lot of things. Uh, cause they yeah, have a much, they have a much larger user base. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably do. They've, They've been around longer, I think, than um, Farsight has. Well, they actually get um, you know like sales awards on the consoles mm. because they're selling so much, as opposed to I don't think Farsight's ever gotten one of those on you know with uh, you know being a top no. download or anything. So yeah, I think Zen is on the forefront, and because they don't care about that kind of thing, um, I mean, you think. You think the tournaments are bad with with Farsight? Zen just playing barely ever does them. <laughs> so, well, we've never had them on Android. Like, there's right. no organized tournament. It's just not a focus for them. Clearly, right? Um, sounds like I was reading some of the comments in um, uh, a few Zen posts and stuff on their Zen forums. It sounds like they, boy, they've got some stuff cooking up. Like. Bobby was saying in response to somebody um, with the Zen VR, mm. um, I was having a look in that forum just to be a sticky beak, and um, somebody was having some trouble with getting the VR working smoothly. And uh, the uh, Bobby was saying, "Oh yeah, look, we they they were saying, oh well, how about Vive support? You know, for HTC, right? 
And um, she was going, look, we've got a lot of projects on at the moment. I'll, I'll post if Vive becomes one of them. <laughs> so, so that was pretty much an indication that they've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that we just yep. aren't aware of. I mean, Absolutely. just look at Aliens, right? Mm -hmm. That just popped out of nowhere. There's going to be, I think 2016 is going to be a year of that type of thing um, for Zen. And that's something that, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Fastlight can actually keep up with as far as excitement and as far as, um, you know, the well, brand. Yeah, when, when the best tables have already been made, it you know it's it's that case. Of, well, what do you have to look forward to? Well, we've got you know the Stern app to look forward to, but yeah, since we've heard zero about it, it's you know they're yeah. not anything to look forward to. Um, I, remind me, that was a they said they were going to announce something at California Extreme. Is that right? Or, I believe my memory right? that was it. Yes, in June. In June. Yeah. So that will be interesting. I think everyone's yeah. waiting with bated breath on that one. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens in June, I guess. I guess, I guess I, uh, yeah. With me having a PS4 now, I kind of dipped my toe into the PS4 threads and I was just, uh, came away. Sorry. <laughs> what, for, um, Farsight. Yeah. 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 PC uh, is definitely the platform of choice for yep. Farsight. Um, and I think, no, yeah, probably PC. If you're gonna, if you were brand new to the game, and you had a choice of oh, it's the only thing I'd recommend. Mm. <clears throat> it really is the one to go for at the moment. And I think PC is probably a solid choice if you want to go down the path of VR. Should it be offered later on? Because everything is PC compatible. Yeah. So you know, you would be able to probably extend what you have and make it. VR ready, basically, yeah, and get all the benefits of that. Whereas on any other platform, it's basically down to the ecosystem whether they want to support it or not, and how yeah. they support it. So yeah, yeah, PC is the way to go. <laughs> PC master race. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hate saying that too, but <laughs> PC master race. <laughs> it's it's yeah. that's what my friend used to always tell me. Like. Get off the consoles, PC masteries. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's well with Steam, it it really is a hard sell now. Like you, unless you have a particular allegiance to a certain franchise, which is console right. exclusive, like PC is. Yeah, it's it's a pretty easy argument to have because you, you know, know it, you can have a game PC and a home theater PC, and you can multi use it and it just it's a becomes more than just a console or gaming platform it's what you want to make of it so. it's interesting enough what made when we bought the wii u was it uh two christmases ago mm. well all the games that we play on it are all mario intense you know all, all nintendo exclusive i mean granted all yeah. the third parties went fleeing away from it anyway but it was like yeah, no this makes sense Meanwhile, any game that I was had been planning on buying on the PS3, well, if it was available on the PC, I was just like, forget it. I'm getting on the PC. I'm not going to even bother. Yeah. Why bother buying all these games? That, you know, then it's oh well, now you're on to the next system. No backwards compatibility, and it becomes all this you know hassle of right. plugging everything. You're in. on Steam. Yeah, it 
have you got a PC? Then you're right. right. You know, it's only basically technical limitations that they can cheap you out on. Well, and the thing uh, that I also really, really loved about uh, with Steam is it was like, oh, you mean it doesn't matter if my PC just goes kaboom? I can, I still own everything. You know, I can still yeah, just re-download it. Are all, yeah, they're all saved. Uh, I just go and log in and I can start downloading all the things. Right. That's pretty wicked, right? Now, the bad part is, is I fell into the trap <clears> of, oh, look at how cheap Grand Theft Auto is and look at how cheap all these old Tomb Raiders are. And then I buy them and then it's like, oh, now I got to try and make it actually run on my machine. <laughs> and, mm. you know, all of a sudden it's, yeah. I'm downloading all these mods that, you know, make the and controllers work and do the graphics better and all this other stuff. And you're just like, okay, this is a headache. <laughs> Welcome to the PC. Right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the PC. So. Where, you know, if you want to run anything except for the latest stuff, you have to, like, think creatively. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody, you should be following us on Twitter. Myself, I am at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morgs. Most importantly, though, that's my mouth trying to work. Um, <laughs> most of all, you should follow us, the Blockade at Blockade. Um, there's where we give lots of notifications of uh, like when this podcast is going to be recording, and then you can watch us because uh, it's you know incredibly thrilling to watch two people sit. <laughs> and- and talk. But you know, you can sit with us in real time. Yes, you can. And stuff. That's good. It is good. Uh, also, have you bought your t shirt yet? We know you haven't because we didn't sell that many. <laughs> so <laughs> we know how many people we have listening. We know how many we sold of t shirts. There's a rather large gap in between. So uh, yeah. feel free to go over to represent.com forward slash blockade dash shirts. And there's where you can get the T-shirts uh, in a myriad of colors with our logo on the front and on the back where it says pinball, movies, snacks, but mostly pinball. Which is totally what it was today, except <laughs> no snacks. Although, yeah. on to close out, you did send me that pretty wicked list of in-and-out secret menu hacks. Yeah, see, if you were um, following us on Twitter, you would have gotten the retweet that I did that is the ultimate secret menu of In-N-Out Burger. So that yeah. next time Jared comes into America and onto the West Coast, that he'll be armed and ready to order like a pro. I'll be going straight to the wharfs at San Francisco and going, right, I would like a... <laughs> yeah, and then quoting the menu items <laughs> from, from my phone because I don't remember them. <laughs> um, but, geez, there's some customizations you can do. I reckon some of the like more boutique burger joints here in Australia should do that. They should have a secret menu because it would be it would make them infamous on the internets. Yeah. And you would have secret lists like this and it would drive customers to go there. They should do it. The one that cracks me up is I've seen since uh, the secret menu has become that other people post like, oh, McDonald's has a secret menu. I'm like, no, they, who cares? Who cares? It's McDonald's. <laughs> it's McDonald's. No. And it's literally like, oh, well, they'll take the apple pie and they'll jam it in the in a shake and you'll mix it up. Ooh. <laughs> wow. They'll take shit, put it in shit. <laughs> right? Shit yeah. <laughs> Yay. There was a <laughs> delicious. There was Whereas, a, you know, if you go to In-N-Out, you can get a Neapolitan <laughs> shake, which is all the different delicious flavors of thick shake mm-hmm. in one cup. And that's the sort of mixture I'm after. This is what I had when I went there last time. Oh, and okay. I still remember it because <laughs> it was fantastic. 
There's uh, an yeah. there's an old bit that uh, Dennis Miller used to do. Uh, he was talking about just really bad looking blazers, and mm. somebody was wearing a Century Twenty One colored blazer, which I don't know if you remember that, but it was this mustard yellow kind of blazer. Yes. And he mentioned something about it being a short sleeve blazer or whatever. Anyway, the joke wound up being that. Uh, the person was like, oh, I got one and uh, they gave me one or buy one, get one half off. And he goes, look, if they really want to screw you, it would have been buy one, get two free. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. so that always stuck with me. And I always thought that was funny. So a few years ago, I'm in Toys R Us. We're doing some Christmas shopping. There were these things called uh, Zuzu pets. They were like these little electronic hamsters that had a little trail and everything they were hot for all of about 15 seconds and then toys r us overbought and couldn't get rid of the stuff so the following christmas i literally saw the sign buy one get two free and i nearly lost it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah you were yes yeah it's happened about 20 years later but it's happened so yeah yeah well, everybody, I think that's going to be our time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate it, and we hope to catch you all again next week. Like we said, pop in for the live broadcast every Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and you too can, I don't know, interact with us in some fashion. It's rare that we put anybody yeah. on air, but yeah, it has been known to happen. Yeah, that's right. And in the meantime, like I said, if you uh, do want to host your own uh table of the week, tournament of the month, uh, please get in contact with us and we'll uh, put you on the right track. Mm. Somebody's, mm. somebody's hungry for his breakfast. All right. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to let Jared go munch and uh, we'll see you all again next week. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Wizardamusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, place it in ball.